And here we are, back in episode 46 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast. And we're genuinely delighted to be joined this evening by Mickelson all the way from Estonia. So, Brett, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, happy to be here, happy to be here, yes. So, have uh, my uh, special Preet t shirt on. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It's, it's, it's funny that this term has gone around, you know, that. It started like people say maybe ah oh, he does that preach it you know that kind of like a, you know maybe like some negative them but then it came a thing you know so and people are actually yeah. are using this and yeah so I'm, I'm happy about the t-shirts. <laughs> we need to get um you know when when I posted a picture of the t-shirt on uh, Instagram and I said we have to get some uh, running man t-shirts and some turtle pre t-shirts so. Uh, yeah, we need to get some. We need to, we need to get you to get some of those made, pretty. Yeah. So in my site right now, there's not uh, lots of merchandise. We have we have different ideas, but we haven't we haven't uh, you know pulled through. I guess the, with ideas and probably the merchandise will will happen in some point when it gets bigger and we have time and everything runs smoothly and stuff. So it's uh, it is a good advertisement yeah. for people running around with you know t-shirts and stuff. So. Definitely. We'll, see when, we'll see when we get to that. Yeah, yeah definitely. What, what, what was the, um, where was the foundation of all these uh, these defensive ideas? What was the, the catalyst um, that made you start to, to develop these ideas, please? You, you just jumped to the right to the hardest questions, yeah? <laughs> uh, because the, the, answer is, uh, the answer is I don't know. Uh, because I think, you know, we all started, you know, the Hawking and, and uh, I guess just for our listeners, uh, the point is that, you know, we have that defensive stuff and the joke is always the guy was a genius, so is this move. And so <laughs> we, we have to make, uh, you know, that distinction that other way people misunderstand what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but it all started with, with uh, I know, like maybe 10 years ago or something, keeping our heads on a mat and uh, not letting cross faces happen. I would even consider maybe Saulo Rivera or something that maybe he has mentioned something in his old DVDs and stuff or or clips. Uh, and uh, so it started with avoiding the crossface because that was a big control point. And then it, it became the position became as a, we call Hawking these days. But now uh, it is, you know, just a, we even I'm actually looking for a different name for it maybe right now. So now we have different positions. But I think it all started from there and, you know, kind of like a, and it, it wasn't really like a, like a idea or a concept. It was just like, we, we did this to protect the side control and, you know, give them to avoid b bigger controls. And then turtle happened because uh, somehow uh, I was the generation that I, I know, Edward Atellas, that I, we watched him, you know, compete and stuff when IBJF has, had different rules like two points for a you know, turnover from Turtle and stuff. They, they canceled those uh, on the knees rolls later, you know. Mm. Uh, and uh, then I don't know why I was interested in, in him or, or was it like that or it's always fuzzy because then I met uh, one, one Swedish person, Eric Linden. Now he's a purple belt kind of, I gave him the belt, I guess. Uh, and uh, so he was very good at Turtle. So I used him to figure out what Telus did. 
So uh, it took us, it's, you know, it took us a couple of years actually to figure out what what is the essential, what he did, and he, he couldn't mm. explain. He, he couldn't explain it, you know, because usually good guys they sometimes cannot know what they do. They just do them, uh, and so that was big part. And then we kind of, I used him to figure out the tellers, and then tellers made sense. Uh, but so he 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 was the closest thing I had to tell us. Uh, so I was lucky to meet him. Panda is uh, Panda is totally recent. I think a couple of maybe three years ago. Somehow I know Telus plays it, but he used it like a transitional point. I kind of started to play it, then it just worked. But it was just I don't even know if you. I know everything what came after those points. You know when I discovered that, then I know what I do. Let's say if you ask me what did I do before I, you know, let's say did my turtle, then I would say I have no whatsoever recollection what did I taught before, <laughs> or or let's you know there was definitely some random th random things here and there you know I had to explain something, but it's really like a before Christ after Christ moments when uh, when literally hmm. you understand the position, and then I'm like okay now everything makes sense and I can build everything on that. So that's why I call those positions zero points, like a, like a new timer timeline mm. totally, and it's easy to go like okay when I add this when I add that and it's super easy to pass on. So, but it it's <coughs> like you know I think many people when I say it it's like oh well, how can you not know what you did? I think it's very common that people teach different you know different techniques during the years and they don't know what they did two years ago. Uh, but so for those purposes, those zero points, what we have discovered so far, they are very useful that there's a really easy to put things on. And I exactly do know what, what I do. So it makes uh, makes sense of it uh, to teach Jiu-Jitsu in my mind like this. Uh, so what else we have? We have Running Man. I think Running Man also a little bit came from Saulo. Even the name, name is a little bit, let's say, stolen from him. Uh, he in his uh, YouTube clip also, I think he shows something turning away, and he famously said that, "Oh, he's just behind me; he's not taking my back or something." You know, he he was talking about it. So, I uh, guess uh, Running Man, and you know, I I kind of have have added some details and stuff. I, I do it differently a bit than him. Uh, and uh, so, Hawking Running Man, Panda Turtle, yeah. Now, like a uh, July, beginning of July, we added the upright turtle. That kind of was missing, and so I'm just building the system in that sense that makes sense, and I see what works, and, and then I have to kind of like uh, posturize it. So what is essential? Like now, upright turtle is basically what wrestlers do. Let's say you you, you have seal feet, they're on their knees, mm -hmm. and imagine they're like let's say their arms, straight arms are on a mat, yeah. But to take the arms away and just hunch your body, it's kind of like a hunching kneeling, you know. And uh, that that makes a turtle very similar to how wrestlers use it, like keep their legs heavy, or they do a sit out. What we call panda. So it's just I'm following what works, and if uh, they do it, and if I don't, then I know it's something is missing, and it takes a while to like uh, do it in a jiu-jitsu environment, so to speak, because we have different rules and back takes and chokes and stuff, you know. So to yeah. understand how it would work. So it's a really hard question to answer. So how it all started, because I know, let's say, if I ask my good friend Daniel Beckfeld from Sweden, uh, we have done actually a turtle version that we called 300, when we had arms one of the sides. Let's say this shoulder was on the mat, arms were here, and are looking for that direction for opponents. 
Mm. We, we were calling this version of Turtle, Turtle 300 because everything was funneled to this point. And you know, like a smart uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we were shutting everything down kind of this side and but it wasn't it wasn't neutral enough. It was already some 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 anger taken. So I was always looking for like more neutral things. Like what is the how neutral can we get? And you know, let's say for me the beginning matters. We don't start math teaching from the integral, you know? We have the basic things before. So my idea was that that's why they call zero points in like it's super neutral, super safe, super neutral, and then all the complexity can start from those points, and then I start to add them. But they function with mm. very safely, uh, like without anything, so to speak. So I kind of call it like a, like a, you know, Darwin has a, those theory of evolution, you know, like a, mm. like something starts, and then you get and explain the evolution, all the complexity in life by having those rules, you know. So. Those zero points kind of represent that theory also that we can, every game, literally every game should, so far it is also, uh, every game should fit that zero point. So if we start a little bit off zero point, then we're limiting uh, some games and then it becomes a style already. Because let's say, let's say in close guard, some people do not stack, yeah? Understand? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mostly people teaching posture up and then they like to, you know, opening on their knees or opening standing up. And everything that we see works as a stacking, let's say stacking passes, you know, can openers, Ezekiel's from the guard, people don't teach. And they teach as a posture up, as a zero point for them. But they, they, they exclude so many things as working things. We see what works, yeah? Stacking works in MMA and there's Ezekiel chokes, Ezekiel chokes inside the guards and you know, there's many things you can do. So my thing is like, I don't want to exclude working techniques. So there has to be a, like a better zero point for a top close guard than just posturing up. There has to more. There has to be more universal idea there that could include stacking and posturing up that unifies them. And then I don't. I don't say stacking is you know the best or up posturing up is the best or wrong. I think both should be included, and that means it's like more universal. And then a, a person, as in a class, can be exposed. To, to both because clearly in MMA in self-defense people stack headbutts and all those things so if we only do posture up jiu-jitsu we're missing many many working techniques so mm. I don't like that as a starting point because we should add everything that works yeah and then uh, we you know you can prefer later something as an individual but as a coach's bubble my bubble would have to be the biggest that uh, people could find out what they like and dislike Mm. Uh, so that's the definition also with all those zero points and stuff. So is this, um, <clears throat> is this your, your sort of philosophy for Jiu-Jitsu that very much fits into the Globetrotters way of thinking, which is very much a, a, an open-minded um, sort of view on Jiu-Jitsu, whereas some organisations, shall we say, are not quite so open-minded and, you know, it has to be this way or nothing? Uh, I guess, you know, I, I think this would be, I consider it normal, yeah? Yeah. So I consider if you're very traditional, and also you have always trade-offs. It's not like, you know, as to, uh, you know, I would sound more political than I actually am. I think there is a, uh, 
you can justify every anything yeah so mm. clearly i think that uh, this open mind train with train with uh, with whoever you want you know have an open minded uh, approach to jitsu i always doubt that people that came before me uh, could not get everything right you know so mm. it's a, it, that's a very dangerous thought that if you go like at Helio and everybody else got everything right. So uh, the yeah. availability and brain brain power that was available wasn't that big that right now are happening. Yeah. So so yeah. I'm not gonna disrespect the, you know people that came before us, but that's why we have Intel. You know we had Intel one and now we have Intel I think nine yeah or ten. So now we mm. can know better. So I'm always going to be a little bit questioning that uh, that what people did before me. For me, it comes very naturally. I know some people want to more like, you know, follow the tradition and stuff. If tradition makes sense, why not? If tradition doesn't make change, sense, we have to change. Uh, because I, I really don't want that Jiu-Jitsu become something like, let's say, Jeet Kune Do became, you know? That mm. Bruce Lee was the, one of the most open-minded person. And then if he died, people got stuck in his way and then uh, yeah. stop to evolve you know and so that's why i think in jiu-jitsu also it is a bit dangerous to go oh this is the way we did you know 10 years ago this is the way our master did whatever you know and this is the way we're gonna do it but we have always new information about an anatomy you know how to train pedagogy so they couldn't do everything right so in that sense in a very polite way we have to challenge all that and do it better and we mm. owe it to that you know because Clearly, people before us also challenged everything they knew. That's why we have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and all those things. So mm. we, we cannot stop that, oh, he made a ready product, you know? So I feel many people are getting stuck in that mindset that it's done, you know? And uh, for, for me to go, I'm, I don't know why I pick the fence or why I see those things, I cannot really explain. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, you know, certain things I feel passionate about and I know people could do better and then I have my voice and annoy people a little bit. Yeah, one of the um, uh, one of the things that annoyed me uh, when I was coming to the end of uh, my amateur boxing career was everything was always the same. Always the same, always the same. Everything was the same constantly. There was never an evolution in any thought process. And then, you know, when we started, when I started training jiu-jitsu, I was introduced to jiu-jitsu through Dan Reed, and um, it was like a whole new world of like endless possibilities, and that yeah. was really exciting to me, really exciting. I think it takes, uh, I think it takes uh, guts a little bit because it's easy to just take somebody's work, and you know, just just continue copy it, copy it, you know, and mm -hmm. it takes guts and understanding to change it. Uh, because clearly boxing, I would say even, you know, judo evolves right now. I would say also boxing is evolving, you know. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I can always use boxing references, but uh, maybe some, somebody can correct me. But also, we're not seeing that everybody does what Lomachenko does, you know. Clearly, nobody can. No, yeah, nobody can. <laughs> yeah, but I think we could. We, uh, my argument is I'm not a boxing. I don't know the boxing foundations that deeply, you know. We can, I can change it, like. I'm dealing with jiu-jitsu a little bit, you know, I'm changing certain, like, understanding of certain things. Mm. But I think if if you can make everybody do what Lomachenko does, you know, mm. I, I think it, or, or Mayweather or something, I think there's room to go. And we have to understand what makes them special, how they did it, what is the essential, what they do, 
and uh, why not pass it on? Because clearly uh, there's a gap, certain gap between certain mm. information. Yeah. Uh, and then in Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. So uh, defensive seems like, you know, defense is as much. You can also see yourself like people are studying, you know, attacks and they have different crazy sequences. And But uh, uh, let's say I don't know much people that are studying defense deeply, you know. Uh, there are clearly mm. some people. It's not. I'm gonna, not going to say that I'm the only one and stuff. But I think defense can be way more better because it's uh, the way we do it with frames in a side control bottom and all those things. I think uh, there's a huge poten potential, and uh, I'm trying to inspire people to think about it, to challenge certain old ways, and to, to prove it on a mat. And uh, still, the burden of proof proof is on me. So that's why I'm using mm. seminars and sparring rounds with, uh, you know, good guys to show them what, what we can do and what I can do and then challenge their uh, thought patterns mm. and make them, make them question things. And if they, if they are, take a stop position in side control, if they end up having no underhooks and no traditional way of attacking, they're going to question everything they learned. And uh, they're going to go like, what yeah. the fuck, you know, that uh, what, what is going on here that why I don't get underhooks or why it's so hard to take your back and why you expose your back and you don't care about it. Then, but then we have a conversation. So I use that my ability to not to annoy people to get through the ice and really to, to prove them what I can do. And then we can talk about it. And that's how I usually how I spread. Yeah, I suppose that by itself yeah. might kick on another level, because if people are getting frustrated attacking you, Preet, that could then create a new way of attacking that's not been thought of before. So it keeps the evolution going, doesn't it? Yeah, so because I clearly, I'm not saying Kimura doesn't work and I'm not saying guillotines and everything won't work. I, I'm saying I'm saying attacking finishing mechanics, they work, but I, I'm really, really against the setups that are traditionally taught because I think that good setups, uh, good, good defense will force people to adapt to different setups because if you really get the underhook and get the Kimura grip and then I, I would guess let's say Kimura finishing is easier but if you don't get underhooks people fight you like a wrestler then you need certain different setups that are more real and if you get underhooks and stuff against me clearly against somebody else is easier you know so in that sense you know in the right context set so I, I, I believe that I agree with you that uh, uh, that the defense is the, the, the layer that are, is pushing the attacks to become better. Because, uh, you know, if you, if you know you're getting good arm bars, I will give you my arm. Uh, this right arm is pretty good on escaping arm bars. And I will promise you finishing arm bars is very interesting against me. And I will challenge everything you know about arm bars. And uh, that simple move that people think they know is, again, interesting to study because I will defend till the really last millimeter and I'm not mm. going to tap early like uh, like a lot of people do you know uh, in competition less they will suffer more and actually people do I guess what I what I do because the late arm bars and stuff are inspired by competitions and stuff we see that works so in uh, but but uh, I think people people sometimes are bored of fundamental things uh, uh, but because the defense is not there you know if you are if you get like 10 arm bars and everybody already taps when arm is here, then you get bored. You want something new. But if I defend yeah. till the end, the arm bar will be interesting till the end. And 
I will adapt my defense and you will adapt to attack and we'll just go climb, climb, climb. Uh, so I'm, I'm for that more and I also, also think that this will, this will resolve fixing the technique chasing classes that people have in jiu-jitsu a lot because if you go to boxing, you have those jab and cross classes forever and you know, that's why people don't like them because it's the same old shit mm. old, over again. It's in a, in a very good, respectful, you know, in a context. Jiu-Jitsu, we have that armbar is boring, we have to teach the crazy things, you know? So my argument is mm. that if we make the defense good and we have all the smart training methodologies, then we can train the Kimura kind of forever and it's interesting forever because we have, you know, resistance and smart defense. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of like, uh, because definitely teaching techniques every class um, is, is not, thinking about longevity, is not very healthy because you were end up, end up doing like a hundred or whatever 50 or 200 techniques in a year and that's if you learn 10 years you know you can do the math so so yeah. i usually i usually say this like a just quick uh, comparison that if you do average person trains twice a week you do two techniques in a class so that's four in a week so that's eight in two weeks that's 16 in a you know in a in a month and so in a year, it's already like, you know, you can, you can imagine what it has. So then there, I know there's sometimes there are concepts and stuff, and, but still, there's too many things. And you hear all the time, of, you know, uh, uh, let's say if you're, I'm a black belt and I can't put even like 10 new things in my game in a month. I usually, mm -hmm. train, I usually train something for like a month or something, or maybe one, two techniques in a month. But we're asking beginners to do like, uh, you know, crazy things, every class, new techniques, new techniques, new pass, everything needs timing, context, you know, resistance, problem solving. Mm. So I think, uh, I think some things we can do better. I know in Jiu-Jitsu is uh, more wider with techniques, let's say compared yeah. to boxing, but I still think we can do way better and uh, that the, the technique teaching uh, formula, uh, we have to um, challenge it a bit. Yeah. Do you? One thing that seems um, I've always thought this about, you know, but without having spoken to you, Preet, is that you seem to be quite a a deep thinker in terms of everything. So, do you have as a, you know, do you have a lot of philosophy in your head, uh, you know, generally, and does this just play out uh, in jujitsu, or is it is it just jujitsu makes sense to you, you know? Is, you know, or do you have? Are you just a deep thinker? I don't. I'm. Um, I. I. You know. Let's say jokingly. I think I'm in a spectrum, certain spectrum. Okay. Uh, that uh, I have. Uh, I have a lot of loops in my head. Mm. Um, uh, I. I get stuck in a loop, and uh, things frustrate me until I have to figure them out. Mm. And uh, I guess this is one of the ways I make sense of jiu-jitsu myself. Because uh, without structure, I, I jiu-jitsu frustrates me. Because uh, the, the, I use structure to make sense of it and logic and everything else. Because uh, I don't understand it in a very feeling-based. In, in a way, I, I know when I fight that there's feeling and stuff. But I cannot make sense of it. It's very hard to pass on. And I mm. don't understand what I'm doing myself. And it's very hard to repeat the uh, test. You know, repeat the experiment. But with the structure, I can understand why the structure is you know built this way. 
if I get beat up, I change the structure. So that's why I'm after. I'm you can say I'm visual 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 person. Um, I, it's very easy for me to go to certain room in my brain in in the space and to construct jujitsu. Uh, I don't know if it's normal what I'm saying or not, but uh, I can easily close my eyes and see people rolling, and I have a space. You know, it sounds goofy a little bit. I have, you know, you know, got a room, and then I can go visualize, and I can see how they are, and then I go to mat, and I can pretty much sometimes do it in a sparring. Yeah. Uh, and so, but structure is the one that I'm clinging on to because uh, it's easy to pass on, and uh, it gives me certain certainty because I'm always in doubt. As a as a young person, mm. I was. I, I, I think up till the 30s or 33, I was, I was always afraid of the future. And, you know, like everybody wants to know what happens to my life and all those things. I don't think that's, you know, that's very uh, unique to me. But mm. uh, that, that structure, I, I feel that it gives, gives me certain certainty, certain things yeah. I can base my things on and I can manipulate. And uh, so the future is a little bit cert more certain, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So maybe it's my fear of uncertainty of the future, or maybe it's a visualization and I structures I understand. Uh, but uh, this is uh, this is one way it makes sense to me, and I have mm. super. I, let's say I have easy time passing on knowledge to people and make them really good uh, defensively, uh, uh, because all the feedback I get around the world, you know, the baby Richard Hawkins and how structured Turtle is, you know, people have like, oh, this works right away. I see the seminar. I do it, and everybody praises me how good my turtle is. So this has made information also edible for so many people. That uh, because people say, like, let's say, tell us, I know, I love the guy, but it's so hard to make sense of him uh, <laughs> because he's very open, you know, like a, it's like Conor McGregor boxing, you know, like very open style, kind of like boom, 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 and you go like, what is the goddamn essentials there? You know, you, you don't see them. So tell us plays very kind of semi-open game. And if you try to just mimic him, you will get your ass kicked. So I feel like if I'm giving that, you know, I'm not dissing here the tellers, you know that. But if I'm giving him that like a very certain structure, and then it's easy to easy to add everything else, you know, makes even make sense of him more, because uh, he, I haven't seen him talk about it very much. What why he's so hard to attack? He mentions things, but if you do them, it's not that. And uh, maybe he knows that. Maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. It's also, you know, good guys. They sometimes do things, uh, and uh, and so I find that I have to go really. I'm forced to understand. I have to build the structure, and it's it's very frustrating. It's a sometimes it's a blind belief, and I lose most people on that in that road. A lot of people don't come with me because it's uh, uh, it will go past the limit of your belief. Because I, I literally believe blindly that it's, uh, there's something there, and I believe I can figure it out, and it's a very lonesome road. Because most people start to doubt you and say it's nothing there, you're chasing a ghost. And then if I figure out, then they're, oh, yeah, obviously, yeah, well, I would thought, and, you know. So I don't mind that, because that's my passion, and they, they, they do what they can. So I don't. it's not a blame on people, but I find it's always like, a, you know, like a... Not funny even, but but in some other areas, some people some people have more belief on something else, you know, and they go mm. other routes. And I, I feel I I'm not gonna go there and let them figure it out and you know tell me later. 
So yeah. I find in Jiu-Jitsu, I have that weird belief. I see a structure that I can't articulate yet, but I have to go there. Uh, and yeah. uh, it frustrates me, and my frustration kind of fuels me because I know I have to figure it out because I use it as a force. Uh, many yeah. people think like frustration is like, oh, I don't want to do it, but it actually fuels me. Yeah. So I, I know the change is coming. I like the um, I like the idea of having, you know, so, you know, if you take your running man, for example, it's such a nice position to be able to retreat to. So if you want to try, try something, you can fall to running man, become safe again before you advance. It's a very nice position. Uh, so if you try something crazy, so if you're, you know, whatever you're doing, and you it doesn't work, you can fall to running man regain some composure and then regard and then go again it's such a place to be so do you when you when you're thinking your way through these things Preet, do you get comfortable in the defense and then try and work your way into an attack from that position or how do you how, how does or, or does it just happen in your head uh so, so your question is how do i i do it yeah how do you do it yeah so i think the, uh, the really honest answer is I never know how I escape. Uh, and that's really honest because I don't think that, I don't, I really don't think it's important. Um, uh, you have to know the escapes, I mean, I think you have to know how underhook works, stiff arms, you know, how the guard pull works and how standing up. You have to know the jab, cross hook, body punch, overhand, you know, you have to know the options. And uh, because and then it's just a free play because my job is to give, uh, to give you a structure that keeps you safe long enough so you can figure out uh, not on the, on a panic mode how to get out mm. and also the structure has to allow you to have uh, failures and after a failure you have a place to go back to and try again. Yeah. Because uh, because I don't think it's uh, very wise to teach people that every every first attempt you do as an escape is a success. Because I, I literally, I think in the right context, you understand me that the way Jiu-Jitsu is taught, uh, escapes are like, okay, you have underhook and then you win, you know, in, in that sense. But it should be taught that you, you have uh, many failures. Mm. Maybe you do underhook, it fails. Underhook, it fails. Pull guard, misdirection. Underhook, maybe success. You know, so it has to be taught as a, as a more like a. I will always call this a sport attitude. Yeah. Uh, that uh, and uh, sometimes underhook doesn't work against that opponent, and you use something else. You learn. Uh, you I call it. Uh, I learn to map people out. And mm. then uh, see what they do and see what kind of, like, you know, first round in boxing, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's just in boxing, it's just a normal thing that you, yeah. you know, the, the, so, the first round, the guy feels the guy to see what, you know, he will do. So I move around. I don't give you any, if I'm, you know, stuck enough, I guess, with crossface underhook, it's a different story a little bit. But even in that case, but I have to a little bit move myself, you know, a little bit. See what they do. See if I push where they put their weight. See how I can build up my escape as a as a sequence, not like as a as a escape. And uh, first of all, yeah, if I you know in my ideal world, if I don't give you anything and I'm in side control, I would just move around between my postures, feeling safe, mapping you out, 
uh, and the understanding your reflexes and attack patterns. And then I start to find my, re recognize, first of all, recognize the exits. And then I can poke the exits because I know you know they are the exits. So I'm going to poke and see how your reaction is to those exits. And then I'm going to set you up and, uh, you know, uh, trick you look right and then I go to the exit, you know. So I'm going to I'm going to use this kind of sports analogy to because I know if there's a, you know, I know you know what the underhook is. So I have to prepare for uh, wizards, overhooks, you know, darces, guillotines. So then I have to know what's coming. So I have to, you know, a little bit have my scouts out uh, for that and uh, maybe even not pick it because, um, you know, Maybe you're well versed in that area. I pick something else when you have less weapons available. Mm. Uh, so, so that's why I, I know people ask me always, like, why don't you show escapes? In my on my new site, you know, the defensive BJ, I also show escapes, but I actually do not think they're necessary at first, because I think really first is like uh, stay safe, do not give them anything, take from them everything, like a Spartan rules, you know. Uh, and then look for a ways out, and then it magically just happens. Uh, because, you know, as a, you know, again, I'm not a boxer, but I'm loving to use those boxing analogies. I don't know I'm going to hit you in the face, you know. I'm just going to feel a little bit. I'm going to see your reflexes, and then I'm trying to pick you apart. And uh, definitely mm. from previous, you know, videos, I can see that you're, uh, you're uh, you know, more like uh, I can punch you more with overhand or whatever, you know. I see those kind of flaws in the game, maybe. And I try to exploit. Mm. So that's the previous videos I can watch. But in a match, I'm just going to see what you do. And then I definitely, I have to have the weapons of the escapes. And then yeah. I just gonna, I, I just get out. But And sometimes the way I get out, it's, it's not really like, you know, set standards of moves. If you've done jiu-jitsu, you know that sometimes you get out, but not in a way you're taught. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's always a little bit different here and there, you know? So yeah. that's why it's hard to teach specific techniques because it's always a bit different. So then, yeah. then the question is, you, I would have to teach you a very, uh, very that kind of technique that is very abroad, mm. very, very wide. And then we have to drill progressive resistance. And then, you know, then comes the variations and stuff during the drillings. But, yeah. I, can't, but I can't teach you specifics because then there, there's like millions of them. Yeah. And then, but I think in Jiu-Jitsu, people get stuck in specifics. And uh, then life is always changing, but then it's like, how do I, how do I make you adaptable for, for a change? So yes. then it's like, uh, you know, concepts and ideas and just resistance, progressive resistance, drills, and uh, less specifics. Uh, and then let them, you know, play the game and then let them figure out the stuff on their own. Uh, yeah. So... That's more like gamifying things, you know. And uh, then the simple guard pull, even against black belts, is always interesting, you know. Uh, it's uh, because there's, you know, always you can progress resistance and stuff. So, so that's kind of my main message, you know. In a way, if you know, there was a big rant, so I don't know how it started, and I didn't know where. It went. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. No, we, um, yeah, with our coach John, uh, we have been taught solid fundamentals and then from there given freedom to figure things out and let me try this let me try that oh, this doesn't work but you know maybe if i do this instead yeah. so yeah we, we we were taught uh you know our, you know our coach john 
is a brown belt under Dan. So, um, you know, we were we were taught very solid fundamentals, and then go and have some fun with everything else, basically. Um, which is which is the way that I love to to learn and train and think. You know, think your way through things is um, great fun. I guess I also what I would say. I know why people like certainty, and also why why it's even so appealing for adults. Because I'm always gonna, you know, I don't have kids, and some, you know, some goes like, oh, you don't know anything about parenting. But let's say I'm using their words, and I'm checked with the parents. But hmm. let's say basically, what your life, what your goal is when you have a kid is to keep them alive. Yeah. Yeah. For, and for them to adapt. You, yeah, you, you cannot teach them lots of specifics. You just have to make them adapt to things, you know, and figure stuff out. And you can guide them, but specifics will kill their attention, you know, in that sense, in a very, you know, right context. So, and I, what, what happens in Jiu-Jitsu, you know, you have uh, clubs. You have clubs when people have those specific curriculums, specific techniques. You have specific white belts and blue belts and purple belt techniques that I don't think exist. There is no black belt curriculum, and I think we should get over it in a 2020. And I still know that people are doing brown belts and black belts curriculums, and there is no black belt sweep in the world. Uh, so that is just ludicrous to have those things. Uh, and also, I know what people like, you know, oh, make me a black belt, you know? And they, mm. they want a specific road, because that's the certainty thing. But as, as people have forgot how learning is, you know? Mm. Learning, is a, learning is a mess. Learning is trying. You have some methods, but it's still trying and failing and trying. And uh, you're just moving towards the goal, I guess, a bit. Hmm. But it's, it's very, very, when you have this method that we talk about, and then you have in our next row is a method that is certainty. Every class is technique. 20 classes, you, uh, uh, you participate, you get a stripe, you get a, like 60 classes, you get a blue belt, you know. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, shit. You know, and I get a black belt in six years. Okay, I pick that. You know, because clearly they know what they're doing. And other club is that teaches uncertainty. It's like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. You know. Yeah. So, so I know. I think that's a problem. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Um, I, I you know, there's a few clubs local to us uh, where people have gotten blue belts eighteen months, and then they, you know, they ask how long I've trained for, and it's you know, four and a half years now, still a blue belt. But, you know, for example, Dan, Dan would not give me a blue belt until I had competed at white belt. So they they have now gotten, you know, people have gotten blue belts because they took, you know, X amount of uh, privates yeah. and then they get blue belt. And it's not, you know, you're not sort of blue belts, blue belts, but not, not the same thing at all. Um, and it's quite frustrating because people go, Blue belt, blue belt, exactly the same, but they're, you know, they're, they're not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's quite, quite frustrating. That, that is a problem because then it's more about, I think, uh, how, let's say, you, how your club and maybe should advertise itself because clearly there's a difference. And, mm. if, uh, you know, beginner coming to the jiu-jitsu, they're thinking, oh, the blue belt, you know? So yeah. they're, they, they don't see anything else. And that's, that's when those clubs that give out a lot of belts very quickly, uh, hmm. They win. They win more customers, maybe at first. Let's say, yeah. And yeah. then more advanced people, maybe. And then usually it's a very. Let's say. Let's took the. Let's take the. Let's take the road that it's like a, a more. Let's say more paranoia. 
would mm. be in, uh, soon if you give soon out those blue belts they those people know that you know they're not good compared to other blue belts and then the club would be very close soon because they don't want to get exposed yeah yeah and they start to live in there in bubble and anyway they don't maybe they don't compete much you know and then they have their excuses why why this doesn't work and why they don't compete and stuff it's a really it's a really weird like a spiral kind of way and it can yeah. be it doesn't have to be always that bad you know but there's cases that you know those traditional clubs they they become so traditional cut off from everything because they will get exposed you know some yeah. traditional clubs are more like let's say they want to keep their traditions and why not but i think overall if you would compete and everything you know and but i think sorry uh, if people start to compete also for clients mm. i think uh, those are the things they start to manipulate you know? oh yeah. if, you, if i give you a faster blue belt you will pay your money to me so so i think in a way i don't know how to solve this problem but maybe maybe the clubs that do it better would start to call them out you know that write about it in their homepage write mm. about what's going on why it's different why it's not what beginners sh sh should check you know and what, when you go to the club what you should ask what you should check i think it's about educating the client and then mm. they can start to demand a better product because yeah. clearly if uh, nice guys are always quiet and the bad guys are making a lot of noise you know so this yeah. will always happen you know like there's a there's a famous quote that you know that uh, smart people are always in doubt you know and yeah. then uh, other people are always making noise and then they, they get all the attention so to speak so and again i'm not if somebody's listening i'm not making you know that traditional things are bad or good there's always trade-offs you know if somebody yeah. if somebody would want to have like really traditional way and they know what they're getting into it i don't mind but it has to be a conscious choice that why they're doing this. I like it. I, I understand the trade-offs and go mm. that way. Yeah? But yeah. if they're signing up for something else and they get something else, I think there's there's a reason why I would think that you would have to be really like a, a see-through system that, that, that you would give people and not trick them to get them into the system. And I know if you get them into the system, then they have very hard time to leave. Yeah, so rather stay and then they start to defend the system also, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky market thing that I think uh, can be used not correct way, so to speak. Yeah, no, I, I agree very much because I started a few years back with a traditional style where, as you were saying, Pete, it was you know these techniques are blue belt techniques. You don't learn them until blue belt. Those are purple belt techniques. Those are brown belt techniques. And you have to work your way through. Um, and I left that club for for various reasons. And across the way I train now, and the style that I train under, it it makes more sense to have, you know, that that uncertainty. Meet yeah, so so you know, there is let's say if you take guitar and stuff, there is a way you start, and there is a you know first open chords, you know, and then you have paré stuff moving, you know, moving uh, back and back and forth on a scale. But uh, you know, there is certain linear way, but still, I wouldn't go that far. That would say, oh, there's an out purple one. because yeah. So I think philosophically it will fall apart, but I understand why people do it. Uh, so the I think the let's say one fear might be that 
people lose interest, you know, that uh, they there's nothing mm. to learn and then they will, you know, go. But I would say, look anything, look a guitar, you know. If you get to the basics, then you start to improvise and you start to make, you know, music even. And, you know, it's not going to get boring. It's going to get fun because you're artist, you know, you can be an artist, you can create. So mm. and that keeps you motivated forever because it's your own signature. So, so why make people clones and techniques and techniques? But the point would be, let's get people to their as early as we can to the level of creation. And, mm. and then they can, because I usually say, like, if somebody's a purple belt, that like after a purple belt, you're kind of free. I, I, that's your job to get to the black belt. You know, mm. till, the, till the purple belt, it, it might be certain techniques and stuff, you know, and I don't teach, like, you know, blue belts and purple belt techniques, but as a level wise, there's, you know, some guidance there happening, you know, as a technique wise. And but I, I feel like after purple belt, it's your job to get there, you know. That's not, mm. not, I can be a guide and if you don't want to get there, because sometimes it's not even like a, I don't think it's that technique is what's missing from black belt, you know. Sometimes it's a self-confidence, sometimes it's certain like awareness, timing issues, you know, and uh, sometimes people need to com com compete a little bit or do a little bit lifting, get a little bit strength, you know. There's different mm. reasons and and I think that's their that's their thing to figure out. It's not a linear road, you know. And they have to make it, and then they did it, and uh, that's more value than just somebody carried them. So, yeah. yeah. And most importantly, have fun. <laughs> I think creation and gamifying things are fun because if, yeah. you, if, you know, if you're playing as a kid, you're always creating something, you know, sandcastles yeah. or whatever you do. And then your imagination goes through, and if you learn something specific, and some, you know, you have to walk, I guess, you know, in somebody's shoes a little bit. But uh, the way I can teach beginners already in, a, you know, let's say in the first day, it's already like, you know, a little bit games and play. And it will, it's, it's not going to be total freedom because they don't, they don't know anything yet. But we're going to yeah. still have some games and stuff. They can understand the value of those things mm. and, uh, you know, learn to learn submissions and stuff. And then finally... I guess my job is to get them to a certain stage yeah, with the creation. And even mm. at an earlier stage, people can, if you give them a little chunk of jutsu, they can already create inside something that, yeah? yeah? Yeah. So it's because the grips are different. Sometimes they can do this and this. And in some cases, actually, beginner go like, can I do this? And it's like, oh, shit, you know, actually you can. Never yeah. thought about it, something or, you know, not maybe in a white belt level, but there's so many things to do. And uh, so those variations are awesome. And if they come up with something, that's value for a club, you know, if everybody always looks for a coach, that coach tells me something. So it's also kind of like, um, you know, very tiring. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just, so. just um, you know, just because you were talking about coaching, uh, you know, at your club, uh, are, are you are you guys able to train as normal or you at have restrictions? Just moment, hold it on. Yeah. Okay, I'm coming. Uh, I'm coming. Coming to Estonia. <laughs> yeah, so I think mid March till the beginning of June, I think, or something. We were closed, and then we were months. I guess we couldn't change partners and stuff. Mm. Uh, and then since starting July, I think yeah, we're open. We can change partners. We can train. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so far, uh, we we you know we haven't spiked. We have a ratio at the moment, forty-one to hundred thousand ratio. Mm -hmm. So pretty low in uh, in uh, infection scale. You know, other countries are like 200 and 300 and whatever, you know. 
So we seems to be under, you know, relative control, so to speak. And uh, there's been some talks that maybe in some, you know, in uh, like inside spaces that you should wear a mask, not in a gym, so to speak, but more like, you know, in a mall or something in a, in some events mm. or whatever. But uh, nothing has happened yet. So at the moment, going strong, training. Yeah, so all good. Good. Yeah, awesome. I think there's, um, I believe there's a, a jiu-jitsu competition in uh, Tallinn. Um, that's one that I, I had looked at. I think is that right? Is there one in? Is that maybe a Naga competition in Tallinn? Or is there one in oh. Estonia? I think there was one I've seen. I've seen something in in, uh, in Estonia. When? What? Um, right now? Or? Oh no, no, not just now. Just like there is, there is a. a I think. I think that was it. In, I, I don't know. I've been hitting the head so many times. I can't remember. There so, is a, a competition though. Uh, so you see, you're telling me there, there's going to be a competition or there were competition. The, the, there have been competitions in, in Thailand. Uh, I, yeah. think it was a, I think it was maybe Naga. Was it a, is it a no. Naga competition? Naga, no, no we, we have had, so we, we are doing our club and the team we have, we are organizing Estonian Opens and uh, Estonian Nationals. So okay. Gi and Nogi Estonian Opens and also one, one group is doing ADCC. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, so it, maybe it, it might ADCC. have been ADCC, like no. Maybe, may, yeah, maybe it was ADCC. Yeah. Official um, stuff like uh, we have done previously some ADCC, you know, rules competition, but not official ADCC. But yeah, uh, this one guy is doing official ADCC competitions like once a year. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that might be it or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe maybe that. Yeah. Um. Did, how did you meet Dan? Our 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 good friend Dan. Uh, yeah, he's a good friend now. <laughs> so, as an Estonian, I can make those jokes. Uh, so, I think the, the weird part is, uh, I think I met Dan, like, uh, I would say maybe 10 years ago. Okay. He was coming, um, he was coming with uh, Danes to Estonia, to camps. Yeah. So, we had summer camps and then Kraugert, uh, Christian Kraugert and some Danes and I guess there's uh, Dan also. Come to came to Estonia. They trained, uh, but it was yeah. It was I don't know clear, more more than five years. I probably think like eight or something years ago. Uh, and then um, I was you know more stoic back in the day, and also so I don't think we we talked much with the, with Dan. At least I don't I don't remember that that we were like buddies and whatever. Um, so 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 and I I guess I met him now also through, uh, through the club trotters. Mm. And I, uh, I really got to know him better, I think, uh, like, um, and I really enjoyed that also uh, when I was in Taiwan, when I was visiting his gym. Yeah. So, you know, he had some monks, uh, you know, some, some floor and they, they burned his gym down a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I offered that, you know, that's, I, I offered him that I can do a seminar and all the profits, whatever he, he, he will take. So I didn't know much. Yeah, we talked through clusters and stuff, probably. But but during that trip, I think I got to know him way more, mm. and I really enjoyed that and uh, how he was as a host. Yeah. So and now you know now I also when I was last time last year I think I went to China. So yeah, I yeah. went I went yeah. to see also in uh, I, I went to see him also. Yeah. So we had a, we visited the panda sanctuary and all those things. 
and that pop, pop, pop. so yeah so and we still he just he had a competition like uh you know during the weekend i think yeah and uh, we chatted just a couple of days ago so yeah i'm i'm actually because i don't think he's a he's a easy person to go through i think he has yeah. also i guess some walls and stuff in his life yeah and um so i'm happy that i finally got to meet him and you know talk to him and and uh, we seems to have like a mutual respect towards each other and I really enjoy this company. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a very interesting. So I, I have known Dan uh, maybe ten years, maybe ten years, eleven years, and he's a very, very interesting person. <laughs> he's a <laughs> very, very interesting person. Um, but yeah, no, it's just I, I never asked, you know, how you got to know each other. But the um, the Globetrotter thing is. Is interesting to me. How did yeah? How did you meet Christian? Is that? Oh, it's a uh, it's a long story also. But uh, I, we were uh, Christian was and I I was also Christian was part of SPG. Ah right, okay. So you know Conor McGregor and everything. So yeah, yeah. SP, SPG is actually uh, U.S. Portland, uh, Oregon based. Yeah, the yeah. headquarters there. So Christian got kicked out because he had some issues with Matt. Uh, I know those issues, but I'm not going to talk about it here. So he got kicked out. Um, but uh, he, I, I guess, Christian was the guy that helped to to bring Matt also to Europe in some point. He was doing the you know seminars in Copenhagen with him, and that Matt has pretty famous old school videos about talking about aliveness and all those things. So mm. uh, so I know Christian from there. Also, Christian came uh, with Dan also to those Estonian camps. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we didn't get along also, I think, uh, um, back then, because I was weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of blame him, I kind of blame me more, because I was, uh, um, I'm, I guess people now know me more as a more outgoing person, but I still have that, I like to call it like a stoic attitude, and I'm, you know, jokingly mm -hmm. call myself like half Russian. Uh, mm. But I'm Estonian born, and I'm you know proud of that and everything. But I was also brought up in uh, Soviet times, okay. uh, so I have that stoic side of me and kind of blunt way of saying things. Yeah, um, and then so, so with Kragert, I don't think we hit it off uh, right away. And he was also like you know renting a house and then partying and you know training once a while. So and uh, also he, I think when Kragert did uh, his world tour, you know, with the clock trotting. Mm. Mm. Uh, he's doing the six months and he he finished the tour in Estonia okay uh, so and uh, I know he left and then did his own thing and I think um, I didn't uh, you know I I, don't, I think I knew what he was doing and stuff but I I didn't talk to him at all or something and then again 2017 2017 maybe May or something and I wrote him that can I do a club tortoise camps or whatever you know I don't know the reason why I called him because I think I was looking looking to 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 get out of SPG a little bit already. Mm. I left uh, I left uh, 2018 summer, but I was contacting Robert already 2017 summer. Mm. But I I know there there were some issues already that maybe I was looking for some alternatives um, because clearly I was not I was unhappy about some things. Uh, and and uh, so Robert said, "Yeah, I know you. I know what you can do." And then he allowed me to be a coach in a club trader. So 2017 June Copenhagen camp was my first club trader camps. 
club camp, and then you know I've done now 23 of them in three years. Yeah. So uh, and I it's been it's it's totally changed my life. Uh, traveled the world. Uh, seems like I have something to say. Uh, and all this, all those defensive ideas, and I guess also my my personality and the way I'm kind of blunt and all those things. They, they there's a certain appeal that uh, you know usually people are being more politically correct, and mm. I, I seem to be less. And that, <laughs> and that also some people say it's really a turn off, but some people say it's a rare things to see these days. That yeah. actually somebody is saying like, "Oh, don't do that, please." and uh, not being very polite about it uh, and um, so and i think people really see me being that passionate about their development mm. and sometimes being plant is the shortest way to the result uh, and sometimes i guess i have to cushion myself also but uh, cushion the talk yeah but uh, but i find being straight going straight to the point is sometimes you know necessary uh, and um, but people are maybe too much used to this sweet talk all the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, clearly, I've softened myself. And you, you can hear stories about when I, how how I was in 2017 and how I'm acting now. I guess there's a softer version of me, but it's still the the pretense there. And uh, I'm also, I think, softer has has helped me to open up more as a person. Mm. Uh, and um, I, you know, I'm always a, I'm, I've always have been a loner, always played, kind of played with my toys alone and everything else, and I didn't have much friends where I was growing up, so I'm always been in that kind of sense, but always alone. So I appreciate so much the clock trotters and the support I get that, you know, I, I get to socialize and to develop that aspect of my personality to become mm. more, so to speak, more normal. Not in a bad way normal, but, you know, not average normal, but for me, normal. What's, um, what's very, very interesting is, um, you know, I, obviously I know Dan very well. I have met uh, Christian uh, at Dan's 30th birthday party. And now speaking to you, is how completely different your personalities are. But you all have this creative, you know, this creative spark within your head that works, you know, obviously comes together and you can combine ideas, but so different in terms of, you know, you're saying you're, you're you know, quite blunt um, and Dan has a more, you know, very cheeky, he's very, <laughs> he will, uh, he will certainly with me or Ali, you know, he will insult us on the mat quite comfortably yeah. uh, you know he's, he's very that's who Dan is and, and, and Christian's way more kind of laid back it's very interesting how three completely different I mean absolutely polar opposite personalities but have the same um, creative spark within within their head where things make sense it's very interesting um, so you know, a very interesting was, thing. Yeah, that was my kind of my fear at the beginning that I would be, uh, because that has happened to me before, so to speak, that I I would be excluded because the way I am, mm. and uh, I was very surprised and very pleasantly surprised how let's say accepted I actually was, mm. and uh, also Christian because uh, you know now we're doing business with Christian on my site with the Fancy BJ. So knowing everything about me, you know, the way I am, the way, you know, I've, my my road has been, 
he mm. still chose to do business with me <laughs> so so i really appreciate because uh because you know, you know we both want to eventually also make you know profit and everything else so and i enjoy his personality let's say uh, how outgoing so to speak and how socially more accurate he is mm. so i don't have certain feeling about things and he has way better feeling about social interactions mm. so so i really appreciate that uh, you know uh, I was included uh, into the group right away. Mm. Clearly, I you know clearly I pissed some people off. People off also, and I think Kragwart uh, when when Kragwart had a podcast with me, uh, uh, maybe year and a half ago or something. And mm. then in that podcast, he, he actually asked that Preet, why you why you were such a dick before? <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I had a chip on my shoulder, you know. And I came to the camp. There was some, you know, a lot of black belts and stuff, and I had to make an impression right away. So mm. who knows? But uh, I, I, in a way, I wouldn't do anything differently because the way they, they in the place I am right away. So all mm. that, those things, bad or good things, what I did, led me to this moment. And mm. I'm, I'm doing good, you know, everything else. And my life is totally changed. So. And I know how I know also why I started this because I was more I was more trying to reach higher belts. So I mm. talked a little bit up them, up to them, and uh, in that way also I weeded out some people. You know that was a conscious choice in a way, and um, I think it, it paid off. Even I, I know I turned some people off that didn't like that kind of way, that kind of that kind of presentation. Mm. So, so I did what I did, and uh, but clearly now, you know, let's say I've changed or I I, I mellowed down. I found a little bit my place, mm. uh, and and yeah. But I clearly also say like I I clearly had some chip on my shoulder that you know yeah. I had to prove something, some positions or some stuff I did because I was a guy from Estonia, kind of nobody knew, and uh, so I definitely I think there's something there. Yeah, it's um, the thing is, you know, with life, um, you know, it doesn't matter how nice you are or, you know, if you do everything perfectly or you do everything wrong, somebody will always think you're a dick. So, it doesn't, you know, you can't possibly please everybody. So, you know, all you can do is, uh, you know, be the best version of yourself because somebody will not like you. Somebody will not like Ali, somebody will not like me, somebody will not like you, just because they don't like you, and they will never like you. You know, I just the same know. way that everybody will love you, Some somebody will love you. So it's the same, you know, it's just, that's life. Just be okay. But I, I guess, you know, you can go like with a, you can analyze, I guess, with some childhood traumas, you know, that if I'm always been a lo loner, so to speak, I want to belong, you know, and then, you know, uh, and then I cannot, let's say jokingly, I cannot have a like refusement from the other group, you know, that mm. I, you know, I want to, so you can, you can have certain things. Um, I, I don't know how, how deeply based they are, so to speak. Uh, but I, I, if I would say there's nothing there, I would also be, you know, would be also not honest. Uh, but, and also I think personality or something, you know, person's development uh, mm. doesn't have to end when they're forties, you know? So yeah. now I'm 43, so I'm happy that I'm learning still stuff about me. I'm I'm figuring my stuff out, try to do it better. So 
And uh, people that knew me like, you know, four or five years ago will maybe go like, oh, you have, you know, gone through a change or you're, you're different now. My wife mm -hmm. has said that to me, that uh, I've changed. Uh, and so, uh, and, I, and I enjoyed that. I think when I'm 50, um, I, I hope I've changed more, you know, that, uh, so in yeah. that sense, I'm not ashamed of that because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I had to figure out those things maybe later than most people. Yeah, and I and I'm using this social vehicle to to also to make sense of me because people give me feedback, you know, and everything. So it helps because if you are not around people, then I don't get so much feedback towards the way I am. So yeah. right now it's a really opposite in that sense that I'm so much doing camp, so I get you know more feedback towards the way I am. Mm. So it helps to helps to maybe um, you know fill the gap that I have. Uh, yeah, faster, and then even you know, my friends are in Sweden. Also, my good friend Daniel has said, "Oh, maybe you're now socially a blue belt, or you know, maybe you're <laughs> like a four stripe, you know, four stripe and you know, purple belt or something." So, and uh, when I got when I got married, I think maybe he said, "Oh, now you're there already." So, it's you know, it's it's everybody knows kind of it's a, it's a struggle. So I think they're making fun of me and same time enjoying the road. Yeah, but I, if if somebody. You know, if somebody makes fun of you in this way, uh, you know, it only means that they like you. Yeah, you know? I don't mind. You know. You know? So Dan, you know, uh, you know, Dan constantly makes fun of me and he constantly gives me a hard time about everything. But it's because he likes me. Yeah. So, it's yeah. A, it's a weird thing that you want to, you know, at, in that sense, you talk to people and then you actually like them, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you yeah. talk to people that, that way that... Uh, you wouldn't talk to a stranger, but that rough way of speaking actually means you like them more. Yes. <laughs> I know. No, didn't we, Chris? We had that chat when my, my son Aaron is 17 and he trains with me and Chris. And one of the times he was, he's quite quiet and no one really spoke to him very much because he was just a young teenager. And in one of the days, a couple of the guys gave him a little bit of verbal, gave him a bit of hassle. And on the way home, I said, You know, that means you're okay now. <laughs> they're not giving you a bit of shit me too being accepted into the group they care about you enough that they're gonna mess with you so i don't know how i don't know how things are in estonia but in scotland you know it would be completely normal for me to you know walk into jiu-jitsu and see ali and say uh, how's it going dickhead and that means I like them. <laughs> you know, it's a, a very Scottish thing, I think. But, uh, you know, I don't know if it happens uh, in Estonia. But, you know, in Estonia, it would be considered rude. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's not rude in Scotland. So, Even if I think amongst my friends, if I would go in Estonia to very like, good friends and say that, I would, I would be considered like an asshole. <laughs> that would be completely normal. Okay, that, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am an asshole, but yeah, that's different. But, um, um, but you know, in in Scotland, that would be considered completely normal. Yeah, completely because, normal. Completely, but completely fine. What I enjoy a lot is uh, how you know when I travel, how different our cultures. Because yeah, yeah. when I went to Sicily, you know, in Italy, they kiss people to the cheek. You know, yeah. So that was uh, so so weird to me that. Uh, you know, and I, 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 I was willing to do it with the females a little bit cheek to cheek, but to, but to do it with the, you know, um, with the guys, it took me a week because it's like, it's like okay, do it cheek to cheek, 
and then you know that I understand it's uh, showing the affection in 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 uh, showing the friendship level and everything else. But it's just coming from the Estonian culture that it's so like we don't even shake our, each other's arms, you know. If mm. I, I if I don't see you a month or two, maybe I shake your arm, you know. And mm. uh, so and now right away do that kind of cheek to cheek thing. And so I enjoyed the differences with culture. You say like, you know, you're going to go, oh, what's up, dickhead, you know? And, they're, and they don't talk like that, but they kiss in a cheek. And then you go yeah. another culture. And so yeah. it's, for me, I enjoy what is normal, you know, when I travel. I, I learned about it. And then it, then it also puts my, you know, my kind of upbringing in that environment. Yeah. So I feel how I react, you know? And yeah. so it's it's very so that's why I also love traveling so yeah yeah definitely it's um you know yeah pe people are completely fascinating all around the world so um I, I remember watching there was a a Klitschko documentary um a while ago I think it was just called Klitschko and you know both brothers Vitaly and Vladimir were talking about growing up in Soviet Russia I think they were they were born in Kazakhstan actually and they were talking about how when they grew up in in, in Soviet area, you know, Russia, you know, how the West, everything was perceived, everything else was bad. And then when they went, they traveled to America, they were told, don't speak to Americans, or, you know, they're very bad people. And then they went to America and everybody said, how are you? And they went, what the fuck? <laughs> You're supposed to be bad people. And then, they, you know, it was, they, they kind of went, oh. Maybe they're not all bad people. It was a, it was a very interesting thing to listen to. Um, uh, you, you just how you know how they were perceived worldwide, and then the reality was just completely different. It was it was a very interesting, um, yeah. very interesting thing. I'm a, I'm aware of the Soviet propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I was I, I was I was in Soviet Union until I think 14. Yeah. I, uh, so then we got our independence, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's what some group of people do, you know, that if they want to yeah. keep you inside and happy. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, I guess, I guess on the, the, the other side, uh, you know, maybe even now, you know, we would be told, oh, you know, Russia, you know, or, you know, that whole Eastern Bloc, you know, maybe, you know, very bad, you know, very bad people. And then you, you speak to people and you're like, no, they're not. <laughs> you know, in I terms am. of the go gov governments, I mean, you know, governments would tell you this. I think yeah, it's uh, no. I think depends which what kind of group you're talking about. But I have very good Russian friends. Yeah. Um, I I've traveled twice twice a year to Russia before Corona. So yeah, I've you know I, I don't. Uh, they're one of the they're one of the most like let's say trustworthy people. If they if they make friends with you, they're you know mm. friends with life, mm. friends to life, and. Mm. Uh, that's really, really awesome. You know, it's not only, I think, for Russian culture, I think in many other, but Russians definitely known for that, that if you really go like, if I'm your friend, then I'm your friend, and I will give you everything. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. so, yeah, but I guess I understand when people say, like, oh, it's Russia and Russia and you know, all the election stuff happening here. So, so, yeah, but um, I, would, Eastern, I, I Eastern would love Bloc, to go. I would love to go to Russia. That reputation. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I would love to go. I would, I genuinely would very much like to go. Uh, I would like to travel places, but you know, compete. You get serious. I would like to compete in Russia and Estonia. I'd love to go compete in these places and, and see some local culture and, and have some fun. You know, go go do some jiu-jitsu and 
have some fun. It seems like a, a cool way to see the world, right? Yeah, Estonia is, you know, as we, when you're speaking Estonia, Estonia is pretty, pretty touristy town, like the Estonia town. Uh, Tallinn is pretty touristy town. And mm. uh, I think mm. Baltics overall, you know, Riga and, uh, you know, Lithuania also, Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia. So I guess we have that mindset of being former Eastern blocs, you know, and stuff. But I think uh, mm. the capital and stuff, they're pretty Europe. And it's mm. uh, fun to go around, and it's maybe not that expensive, you know. And there's mm. a lot of lot of culture, so uh, yeah. if you if you do your homework, and you know, there's lots of interesting things here to see. Yeah, so, definitely. I look forward to doing that. Yeah. Well, um, Preet, I have a workout to go and do, so I have to uh, cut this a little bit short. But uh, yeah, I have to go and do a workout. So, um, and it's now you know quarter past nine here, so. Um, so it must be quarter past eleven with you. So yeah. um, it was a uh, very intro. It was very nice to to pick. You know, there's a lot of bits and bobs that we um, could pick there, and uh, I like watching the YouTube videos. So keep making those, please. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we'd. I was going to say, so, Rick, you've also just launched your new website, your member site. If you just want to give a plug to that. Uh, yeah. So that's you mentioned my YouTube. So right now we don't know what we do with our YouTube because. I moved uh, most of my content uh, like to the defensivebjj.com mm. or you mm. can go like that it, you know .com or you know that, that's also registered exactly that that p r i i t preachit.com there's also preflix.com and also we registered jitsvulcan as my nickname.com so you can have many options there but we came out, I think, uh, three weeks ago. I think uh, Christian Grogert approached me uh, with the idea that he said maybe he saw the following and me traveling maybe a year and a half and building up the you know client base and all my reputation. So, and he, he was the initiator for, for that. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Uh, because I know he's a workhorse and he knows how you know how much I work whatever you know how consistent consistent I have been so mm. we we launched it and it's it's mostly uh, uh, based on defensive strategies of jiu-jitsu so a uh, very niche jiu-jitsu we're going to talk about other other stuff also but it's you know for all the defensive side of things you know uh, positional mm. escapes submission escapes and we're building on that so it's a it's a very counter counter view of things that you see other sites do like mostly you know attacking and back and attacking and we took because i'm known for that so i people know i'm good at that also so it was a very i don't talk out of my ass so i really know what i'm talking about and uh, so right now we're doing good and if people want to check it out they they can and we'll see where we go from there awesome and uh i will look out for the uh, the new t-shirts, I really want uh, a pre-turtle t-shirt or <laughs> running man t-shirt. So yeah. <laughs> get 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 these made. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for your time. Uh, very very good. Thank yeah. you, thank you for having me. So uh, I, I'm always appreciating when people are allowing to do the podcast because you guys want to build value for your uh, listeners. And I'm happy I made yeah. the bar, and uh, I got to share my ideas with your listeners. Awesome. It was a real pleasure. Yeah. Uh, with that, with uh, episode 46 of the Stilly Goose Gang, Prit Mickelson in the can. Thanks for the Awesome.
Silly Goose Gang Podcast.